Hi, I'm Clint Hardy. And I'm Jody Koch. We've been middle school choir directors for well over a decade, and I've learned a lot through trial and error. We're here on a mission to create community, culture, and confidence among fellow middle school choir teachers. We want to share in your joys, validate your concerns, but also give you practical teaching advice each week. And let's just be real, we're here to take you through the mishaps, mistakes, and middle school drama that we all experience. Welcome to the Choir Chronicles. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Choir Chronicles. We're glad you're here. Um, Today, we're going to talk about a subject that Clint and I are both still learning because we've only been doing this really for three years, and everybody knows what the last three years of teaching have been, COVID. So here we are, but we're going to talk about how to be the best head director possible leading your team, and we both were blessed with full-time assistant or associate directors three years ago, the year that COVID began. So Clint, why don't you start us off with how to share ownership with your assistant director? Absolutely. So this is something that's difficult because I worked by myself for a long time in my teaching career and being able to let go and just um, understanding that it's okay to to let go of things and divide <laughs> yeah. the responsibilities of our job. Um, and sometimes that means that you're going to divide it equally. And sometimes that means it's not going to look equal on face value if you put it on paper. Right. But the amount of time that it takes me to do something big might mean that my associate could do five things in that right. one. You know, True. there are a lot of things. And this is going to be a, like a given flow the longer you work with someone, it's like a personal relationship. Yeah, sure. Your roles and your dynamics change and they evolve and you discover each each other's strengths as you, as you go. Right. You can't possibly, even if you know them as a friend or a colleague, you can't possibly know until you're like sharing the tiny office together day in and day out and like watching each other like, who's a morning person? Who's not? You know, mm-hmm. who's having a hissy fit because they're hangry like get all those little things you said like a relationship that's pretty funny it's it's true it's like when you first move in with your spouse significant other how do they put the toilet paper on right does it go in front or the back it goes in front agreed let's just clarify it does i hope you're listening george (laughs) (laughs) um exactly it's those small things that really like you would just have to adjust to and get yeah. used to. Sure, um, sure. And so it's important for you able to be able to let go of the reins a little bit. Yes. And, and that, very hard for people like, like us. us. <laughs> it is. We're both very, very type A, very organized, thrive on organization, thrive on a system, a plan. And it's just hard for us. Yeah. One of my Facebook memories <laughs> popped up from like eight or nine years ago, a few days ago that said... Sometimes it's just easier if you, you just do it yourself because you know it's going to be right. Now, like, obviously... Yep, exactly. <laughs> obviously, that was not meant towards any associate that I've worked with because I've only had yeah. one for three years. It's not you, Olivia. You. you know, not you, Olivia. It's, it's more like, hey, you just like things done in a particular way. Right. And we're the captains mm-hmm. of the ship. And sometimes that means we're going to do it 
the way that we want. And other times it means it's like, it's opportunities for us to learn. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we all remember that if you are lucky enough to work with another individual that you give them the opportunity yes. to do the things. Don't just be a dictatorship and like Absolutely. they're not your student, you know, like they're your equal, they're your colleague, even if you're the leader. And it is okay for you to say like, hey, this is something that I'm not going to let you do mm-hmm. because this is something I know how to do and it's my niche. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Like as we talked about in an earlier episode, like, we're designers. We're designing our program yes. and what we want. Um, and I'm glad I said it that way because it is our program. And something that I've tried to incorporate is anytime someone is a significant part of our program, whether it be an associate director right. or a voice, voice teacher, teacher or our choreographer, mm-hmm. like they are an extension of our yeah, program. Yeah, it's ours. Like, yeah. We work as a team, mm-hmm. and if we are acting like, well, we're at the top of the pyramid, so we're the only way we can do it is this one way, we're stifling others, and it doesn't create an environment where people may want to stay for a long period yeah. of time. Yeah, and it's it's just not helpful. We're not utilizing that person. And mm-hmm. so one thing that is really important is to deliberately seek out and find your assistant's strengths. And so I have Monica and um, Monica was my student teacher and she started in the fall. So she watched the program begin. She was there from day one. She didn't walk into like the middle, like, hey, we're all polished and we've learned how to do all these things. She saw the struggle from day one of like getting the routine set in place, the structure, what a true choir, middle school choir sounds like the first week of school, which is, you know, usually not great, not their best. And so she really bought in to how I was doing things because I was her only example, you know? And so thankfully she uh, had the same philosophy as me on like just being encouraging and, you know, pushing kids. So, wow, you sound great. Even if they don't sound super great yet, you know, and like, oh yes. Oh, I can tell you're going to be such an amazing choir. And so I watched her jump on that train of being really positive, really encouraging, very cheerleadery to our kids. Like, yes, and getting excited over their little, little successes. Um, something else that is a strength of hers is knowing that you need to always have a carrot to be dangling in front of the horse metaphor of the kids. Like, if they don't know why they're learning this, like, we're going to be doing that. You know, we're starting to sight read, but you're going to be doing this in front of a judge and then going out to eat at a pizza buffet. You know, you got to throw those carrots, the judge and the pizza together. She was good at that. She has a dance background. She was in show choir and drill team at her high school. And so that has been something that we are naturally transitioning to where she's more in charge of the show choir program than me. And even though it's not something that I love and was my passion, I'm I'm passionate about the kids that are in show choir because we're with them all day long. They're in two choirs with us. We spend the most time with them. They're the most visible and flashy, but it's not my love. It's not my passion, but it is a passion of hers and such a strength. And she will change clothes and dance with them. And she's able to critique dance and just had this gift and this skill set. Then there's other things that are mine, like piano. I'm much better at the piano than Monica is. She has come so far, but I love to sit and play and give pitches for her while she teaches. I absolutely love that. Like I'm a closeted, would want to be an accompanist if I just never got quite good enough to be there where I can ignore 
the choir and just play the notes. But a lot of these pieces that are like JV trouble that have been around that I've taught multiple times in my career, I can accompany them for the most part. I absolutely love doing that. Also, I have just more years on her where I can suggest rep and like go, hey, this always works so well. I think you would like this. Where she hasn't been around as many years and gotten to hear or exposed to as much literature. So it's just a really nice give and take between both of us. But I work to compliment her and be like, you're so good at this. You're so good at the. Oh, my gosh, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. And um, we'll talk about dividing up the job and how we do that next. But finding those things and even telling them, being honest, being like, I hate this so much, Monica. And she's like, great, I'll do it. And it gave her a sense of purpose. And I'll get to that in a minute. So Clint, I'll ask you about how you divide up the job between you and your associate director and how you make those clearly defined roles in your program. Sure, yeah. But first, I want to say I'm sorry that you cannot be as skilled of an accompanist as I am. <laughs> as we all know that, like, I am I the top of the wish. top. I'm dead. You're if... not that bad, though. <laughs> the thing is, you say that, but you're not that bad. So for those that don't, like, know me, know me, I struggle with piano a lot. I mean, I, just like most of you, probably listening. I started when I was 19 in college. Jeez. Like, I didn't know how to do anything, and, like, I... I'm still not great. And it took me like, oh my God, I can finally play unison. Oh good, two yeah. parts, Ooh. like three parts. Woo! I'm Wee. like, where is my Grammy? <laughs> Hand me one. But accompanying, definitely not my forte. Yeah. So just, you know, okay. a little that's, background that's on fair. me. Um, but dividing up the job is, is really important. And, you know, one thing that I would love to talk about is like uh, Olivia, who was my associate, who just uh, got a job and is going to be a head director. Our last day together was very emotional at the mm. very end. I cried multiple times, Aww. like in front of her after <laughs> she's gone. Uh, and one of the things that I said to her is like, she helped give me my life back. Mm. Um, and that's something that is better than any physical gift anyone mm. could have given me. Like, she gave me the opportunity to step away and not always live at school. Um, And one of the ways is that she was just naturally good at so much Mm -hmm. that she would think ahead. And that's a strength that I used of hers. Uh, And maybe I didn't even use it. She just did it. She used it for herself. She stepped in and said, Hey, we've got to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, Thank God you remembered. Yeah. You know, like, I'm so thankful that you remembered this small thing because as you and I have worked together over the last two and a half years, not that I forget, but it falls to the back of my mind because I know that you are going to pick that up and run. Which is pretty amazing to be able to say something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what you hope for yeah. in a colleague is like someone's going to think ahead. But that also means that sometimes I'm going to think ahead for whoever I'm working with. Yeah. To be able to go, hey, just a reminder, we've got to think about the following things in the next right. month. Like, And so one thing that I do with my team, um, because I do, I am the head choir, or we are, yeah. you know, we are the head choir directors over both our intermediate school, 5-6, mm-hmm. and then our actual home campus, 7-8, is that I have a meeting with Jen, who's at the intermediate school, mm-hmm. and my associate, Every week mm-hmm. um, at the beginning, for sure. I think this year we're going to try something different. Maybe okay. meet at the beginning um, every week for a little while. 
and then break it back to every two weeks. Okay. Um, and we meet outside of school hours. Mm-hmm. It's before school typically this past year and years past it's always been but after on school. Campus, right? On campus. Okay. Um, you could do it at like a Starbucks yeah. if you wanted to step away from that yeah. role, you know, like, but sometimes it's easier to just have your computer and the music and everything, right, in front everything of you. right there. Yeah. And we talk about like, Hey, here's the stuff on the list for this week. And next, like mm-hmm. who's going to handle what, who's going to take this responsibility? You know, this is what I can do. Mm-hmm. Or, Hey, let's all remember, this is how we do this, this way. Right. You know, it's just good to check in with your team. Yes. Um, Especially with the last three years being COVID. Like if you're in our position where you've had new personnel, nothing has been normal or right. There hasn't been consistency in our years. So it's like this year was Monica's first spring semester with me. Yep. So, and I didn't even realize that because there was the COVID year. And then last year doesn't count as anything because <laughs> nobody did nothing. And it was like, oh, yeah, I feel like we've been together forever. But forget she's never done the eighth grade awards ceremony or the last chance show for the show choir. Like Spring can, trip. Yeah. We didn't get to take. Yeah. You know, so in our heads, we're like, oh, it's just this. You just know. But, yeah. But you're also teaching, you know, your colleagues. So dividing up the responsibilities in ways that like. Even though, like, maybe there are two or three things that, like, I would probably, I wouldn't say never, but most likely not ever hand over to an Mm -hmm. associate. Like, this is going to be my job. But rotating, like, hey, you're going to do this. Yes. You know, one thing that I will admit out loud and, like, I wish that I would have said, hey, you're going to teach a tenor bass group. Yeah. Like, you need to know how to do this if you want to be a head director. Yeah. We only, you you have two classes of tenor basses. I only have have one. So that's something that I should have said, you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's also scary because you're like, how, how are they going to respond to somebody different? And what it's if not, it's not you, me? What if it's not me? You it know, has like, to be me. I'm so much fun. Exactly. They'll love me. You know, and. Oh, it's scary. It is. It's like taking off all your clothes in public. <laughs> I mean, it like really exposed. is. Exposed. At least for people like us. Yeah. It's just very vulnerable. So making sure that you take the time to say, all right. How can we get this done quickly, efficiently, but also in a way that's going to be best for kids? Yeah. And I, what I'll say is like towards the beginning of when we first got assistance, I was in the classroom a lot. And then over the last two years, you know, the first year I, I personally took COVID very seriously. Mm-hmm. We were obviously required to wear masks. Like I kept my distance. Yes. You know, this past year has been a mix where like, I've been in and out, but sometimes I need to go in an office mm-hmm. and I need to pick up a phone and call a company and say, like, yes. I need a quote for this. like, Or turn in your $10,000 of cash from the fundraiser. Right. Or like whatever. whatever you're doing, yes. sometimes the head director can't always be in the classroom. Right. Uh, sometimes it's you're listening from the office. Right. And explaining that to your associate is really important. Being upfront about mm-hmm. it. Not just like, well, Jody's never out there. And my right. Re- and like, there needs to be a reason. I don't even know if there's a term. I know, like, we talk about imposter syndrome, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a different episode. But, like, maybe it's, like, comparison of, like, oh, well, there are seven associates in our district. Like, ooh, well... Clint does it this way, but Jody over here does it this way, which means Monica gets more time to do blank. And it's like, we can't compare ourselves because the way that we do something, it's just so different Mm -hmm. and that's okay because where I get a little here, you're not going to and vice versa, you know? So making sure that we realize that like, we're building a path together as a unit, like you're not behind me and I, 
I do try to use the word associate, mm-hmm. even though their title is, is assistant. Yeah. Like, you are my associate. I don't want you to think that I'm like this almighty yeah. king yeah. and you're just this person over here. That, like, we're working as a team in a unit. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to rely on me and vice versa. Yeah. So sometimes that means that when you ask me to do something, I'm instantly going to be able to. And other times it means like, hey, I've got to get this done, mm-hmm. but I I will help you. Yes. Like, can... Can it wait to the, till this? Right. So communication is key as well. I love well. that. So. Um, before we actually got our assistant positions approved in our district, our fine arts director asked, I think asked Clint, and maybe he asked me for help, or maybe we just decided to do this, but we wrote out a list of everything we do in our job when we were by ourselves. And first of all, it's insane and overwhelming. I've shown it to, when I've done PD in other districts, I've shown it to the high school directors and be like, this is what your middle school person does alone. Mm-hmm. And their jaws have hit the floor. That's a really good moment. If you want that list, just email me, <laughs> thechoirchronicles at gmail.com. Um, but then when Monica came on board, we were already friends. We had already worked together. I'd been pushing for her to somehow come on board with me for a long time. And we met at Starbucks one day and she's the purple one and I'm the pink one. So if you come to our (laughs) office, my side is all pink and glitter and you know, all that. And hers is all purple. And so we color coded this Excel document and it's so much fun. And we typed out, we took the list that I had of like, here is the whole job like down to the tiniest details of like air requests, trip requests, calling the bus company the day before to make sure that they know that they're supposed to be there. I mean, just every nitty gritty thing, entering kids in all region through the TNEA portal, copies for this class, not just numbering measures for judges. And yeah, right. Entering in UIL. Um, in like our adjudicated contest, it's a whole process of that checking eligibility. I mean, exhaustive list of everything. And I suggest that everyone does that just to see what your job entails and where you can trim the fat and where you may be thinking, Ooh, I never put a process in place for like every field trip, how many things you need to do so you don't get in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Just try not to get in trouble. That's really, that's been my last year. (laughs) Don't get in trouble, Jody. So anyway, we color coded this document and we made my things were hot pink. Her things are purple right next to it. And together we make teal. I know, but I've never taken an art class, so you can't blame me. It's just they're pretty together, okay? And so there's some things that like, yeah, either of us could do that. Copying music for your own class or whatever it is. But we divided things up. And earlier I alluded to there was the one of the things that I was like, Monica, I hate being the voice lessons coordinator. My brain works bigger globally, like give me 70 kids in one class and I'm fine, but make me think about 70 kids individually, one at a time. My brain just, I don't like it. And I was like, I obviously love voice lessons. I promote it, I've pushed it, I've grown this program before. But I was like, I need somebody else to be the one sending the emails about voice lessons and coordinating with our teachers. Now we only have one teacher and she's full time. But before we had like two to three part time people every year. And it was just like overload in my brain. So that's been probably the biggest thing that I'm like, you take this. This is yours. Now, at first, she had to ask me a lot of questions like, okay, I want to do this. But I have some questions because you're handing someone something that's already established. And they're like, okay. So where do you have the recitals and how do you tell them this and how do you communicate with the kids separately and blah, blah, blah. 
I can answer any question and I can help with that, but then you have to trust that the person is going to take it and, and do it. And that's that vulnerability there. And then another big thing for me was show choir, which we mentioned earlier. But I suggest if there are more than one of you, even if you have a halftime person, get it out on an Excel document. You can even print it. I think the first year when COVID was hadn't hit yet, I think Monica had printed it and put it up in front of her desk somewhere of like, okay, this is who does what, because it really is helpful. And we try to go back to that every summer and just go, okay, what needs to be taken off? What have we actually traded off on jobs? Or maybe there's something in the turquoise column or teal that is like, oh, actually I just do that all the time now. We don't need to both worry about it. So that's kind of how we do that. Well, you need to this, do this more like suggesting things or asking leading questions to get them to the root of their concern. So do you have any input on that too about coaching? Sure. Yeah. So on our campus, and I know that this is kind of a trend going around education right now is like having an instructional coach yes. on your campus. And so I think it's important that you reach out to them. It may not, yes. like, like you said, it may not be content specific. Mm -hmm. Like I love our new instructional coach. I think she's incredible at so many things. Would she be able to give me advice on teaching choir? No. Right. But could she give me t advice on like an approach to teaching? Absolutely. Or even if it's just something like, hey, I need help with blank. Yeah. Um, this year, our instructional coach, I needed help with uh, a day that my associate was going to be off work, but I needed to go finish voice testing mm. kids or not, excuse me, not voice testing. I needed to go finish auditioning uh -huh. kids at the intermediate school. So she sat with my kids one period That's and was great. like, yeah, they can do whatever on it for other, uh, another class. Or if you want me to give them something to do. And I was like, great, here's something for them to work yeah. on. Super easy. Like sh she just said, like, I think it's my responsibility to reach out to all right courses. not just ela or math absolutely or, yeah. and she's like so this is a great way for me to help you my time mm -hmm. your her time was worth instead of giving me a lesson to do with kids it's like yeah. hey i need help and she gave me that time which is valuable we have an instructional coach on our campus also who's awesome and she was a teacher for several years and then got that position she applied for and got promoted to that position and I talked to her one time about how I feel bad saying no to my choir colleagues on campus, you know, if a voice teacher or we have my friend Brittany who helps with a show choir, directs one of our show choirs. And I always feel terrible when Brittany or Monica will come to me with these ideas that can't work for a specific reason that I know because probably I got in trouble for it once or probably I know a set of like administrative regulations that they don't know yet. And I asked for advice on that. Like, it's just so hard when they're your peers and they're your equals and they're your best friends. But you're also like, no, we're not doing your idea. I just feel like a jerk. And I got some really good advice on that, too. So, yeah, like coaching people into good answers, good solutions without being like, like I there's this horror story of an assistant director who is still around teaching and and from the office, her head director, I'll tell you later when we're stop recording who this was, from the head director's office would never come out in the class. And this first year teacher was out there teaching and she'd be like, stop snapping. You're snapping again. And the kids in the class were listening to this teacher getting screamed at by the head director in her office. Stop snapping. 
OMG, I can't wait. I want to stop that. right now and tell you who it is. But anyway, like, no, that's not okay. Like, if that's where we are, we really need to back up and listen to the beginning of this episode. But I don't think anyone, none, none of our people would do that. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, and the sad thing is, is that there are people that, that do that. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, like, I've sat through leadership trainings before that I were like, this is not going to relate to me. It's mm-hmm. a waste of my time. Right now, listeners, raise your hand if you've sat through a professional development that you thought didn't apply to you. Um, yes. Yes. If we're not yes. all raising our hands right now, like we're, we're lying to ourselves. Yes. Um, but I do, I had to take a step back and I've asked myself a lot recently um, because my fiance, he is such a social justice advocate. Mm-hmm. He's learned, he's in uh, grad school right now to be a social worker and he learns all of these types of strategies that I'm like, I would never even in a million years wow. think to think about ways like this. And it's made me take a step back and go, I have to question myself a lot. Like, how can I self-reflect more on yeah. being better at blank? And I think that when you self-reflect and you learn how to be a better you and you're questioning your own teaching strategies and what's best for kids... You're either one going to teach your colleague how to do that or two, they're going to jump in and help you just as much as you help them. It's a give and take. And so um, if you get a chance and an opportunity to be a part of a a mentorship or leadership training, really try to take it seriously. And even if it's like, man, this is super cheesy then great. Take the idea and change it and make yes. it your own. My principal says, if you get one new thing out of a convention, then I consider it a success. Like when she sent us, and I've gone to like get your teach on national convention before, which is about math and ELA. I was on fire, learned so much. And I remember her saying that if we get one thing out of it to take back to our classroom, then I consider it a win. And you really can't, it's a, it's a mindset thing, but... So let's talk about some professional courtesies, Clint. So we have a few bullet points we want to share with you. So what's something, what's a professional courtesy we could give to our associates? I would say that (laughs) I'm I'm laughing at myself. Um, There are going to be things that happen no matter what on both sides. He's trying not to say the I word. (laughs) Where I am... probably very irritating to it's be irritating <laughs> if if you knew how many conversations of ours start with him going i'm really irritated about something like it's that's just where he goes it is irritating. i get irritated with things and not even necessarily <laughs> like my colleagues it's i get irritated with a lot of things and like i have to pull myself back and be like you are being dramatic. Uh, now, granted, we did tell you that we would talk about middle school drama. Right, so right. Um, part of that's me. But like the snapping. Stop snapping. Okay. That person got irritated. irritated. Yes. <laughs> but when you're constantly irritated, that's an issue. Yeah. You know, but like sometimes you're going to have to tell yourself not to be irritated. Yes. Because you are going to be irritated at something at some point. And you have to realize that your way is not the only way. Yeah. It's not the best. And so you have to give professional grace and courtesy. Um, Absolutely. I would encourage you to, like, give encouragement. Yes. Like, And you have to... It's not natural for everyone. Like, Clint just did this survey on his personal Facebook about, like, how you like to show and receive 
what love affirmation, affirmation like look. or how you like to yes. be shown like appreciation. And one of those things that's very hard for me is to say my appreciation. It's very hard for me and I have a husband who that's all he wants is like the I'm so proud of you babe and it's like I want to throw up when I say things <laughs> like I'm like whoa, whoa. I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. Like, that just does not come naturally to me. But if I'm doing the freaking dishes, I love you. And I'm never, ever going to leave or go anywhere. But I don't want to hug you. And I don't want to tell you things that are great about you. <laughs> Whereas I'm literally the exact opposite. All I do is like, oh my gosh, George, I love you so much. Like He's like a bouquet of flowers for like, oh, it's your 12th oh my... day of your new job. It's, it's, it's professional development or <laughs> a, like a physician care week. Sorry, he's a, yes. uh, he's a P. He's got a Canva slide for every day. I'm like, here's everything I could possibly do for you. Here's like, a recorded voicemail from me that you need to play it on the hour all day. I write him literally things I appreciate a handwritten you. note in his lunchbox every day. Like, and that Wes used to do that for me. Like, he I, literally would draw me a picture or write me a note every day. I love you. I love you. And I'm like, Thanks. and you can relate do this the dishes. to your <laughs> <laughs> you can relate this to your colleagues. Yeah. Now, would you say, is it sometimes hard? That comes naturally for you in like a romantic relationship. Is it sometimes harder for you to do that in a professional relationship? It's, it is. Okay. Especially when someone... Imagine how bad I am. No, I, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> but like when you work with someone that is just naturally gifted at so many things, you... Just forget to say it. Yeah, like you are amazing. You're like Olivia. Like you're an amazing Ma musician and pianist. Holy cow! Yes. I appreciate you so much. Like, yeah. and sometimes appreciation is shown in forms of gifts, and sometimes it's words, and yeah. sometimes it's just like a good pat on the back. You yeah. know, like, and obviously you should ask consent for touching someone. You know, right, like, okay. is are, are you okay with this? Yeah. And one of the things that, like, I try to ask kids, too, is, like, how do you like to be shown appreciation or, like, praise? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's you want to be verbally called out. And yes. sometimes you absolutely don't want that to do that. That would humiliate some kids. Yeah. yeah, I like that you do that. Um, like, find out about the kid. And um, notice when they're struggling, if they're feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes it's jumping in and helping, like... Monica and I both have been, you know, brought to tears by a tenor bass choir a few times of frustration. And I'll look at her and go, okay. Or she'll look at me and I see the tears or I see the lump in her throat. And I'm like, leave. And I just step in and it's seamless. You can do that for them. Um, and then also another thing, if you have an idea, you can ask them like, Hey, I've got this new game I want to try. I don't know if it's going to be a flop or a bop or whatever, but can I try it with your sixth period? Is that okay? I love it when Monica's like, Ooh, let me do If She did something great with one of her classes. I'm like, will you do that thing with my class too? You know, like do things in each other's classes. I, I think unless you're like under down to the wire under a lot of pressure for a performance or something like on my campus, we haven't even addressed this yet. We have 90 minute classes mm. every other day. It's horrible. Um, and so, yeah, when we're in, when we're in 30 minutes and still have an hour to go, heck yeah, I want Monica to jump in and try this silly new game that she thought of in her dream last night or something. So 
Um, yeah, and forcing them to plan a day off. You can plan those in advance. Go, look, this is a crazy month. I want us to both pick a Friday in October that we're going to take off. Absolutely. You know, and also you're going to develop a friendship with these people, mm -hmm. the people that you work with. I'm going to tell an embarrassing story Great. that I don't know that I've told anyone, Great. but Olivia and George. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know that. Maybe I've told you. I'm maybe. Okay. Um, so... Olivia's first year with me three years ago, I was struggling a lot with um, stomach pain, mm -hmm. like massive stomach and side pain. And I went to so many doctors. I, No one could tell me what was wrong. They thought it was my gallbladder. They, they were like, this is what, try this, try this. Nothing was working. And finally I went to a, like a surgeon and they were like, well, no one can tell you what's wrong. We think it's your gallbladder but we need to do this one test, but we are encouraging surgery. Mm. So they're like, we need to do this scan on you. I'm like, okay, great. So I get ready for the scan. It's a, it's a day that I have to work. And they're like, oh yeah, like just drink this barium an hour oh, before. Oh, that stuff's so, nasty. so gross. And I said, okay, great. So like I can function normally throughout the day. Like this is just, I'm going into a machine and you're scanning mm -hmm. me. Oh yeah, you'll be fine. Great. Mm -hmm. So I go do it. I show up to work, um, oh. like maybe, you know, like an hour late, which is okay. Olivia's teaching still. Or By the way, most people would take the day off. Yeah. Clint. Most people would. I didn't. I'd be like, you know, I'm going to call today. <laughs> this is where you might take self-care. <laughs> um, and what happens? I'm like sitting at the piano and I just yell Olivia's name and I run because like. Oh, no. Massive diarrhea just hit me. <laughs> I can't believe that's where this went. I was like, is this going to go to the D word? It did. It and like, did. it there. just kept hitting me. And I kept having to run to the bathroom. That stuff like, is disgusting. It's so awful. And like. So you walk back in your room and I bet you she was like directing. She was. Four part harmony. Taking okay. over. Like, because <laughs> it, we laugh about it now. Like, it, it's just one of the memories that we reminisced about towards the her last day at at Trinity Springs and like <laughs> D-Day it's a D-Day indeed oh my gosh you know well, that's one of those things that you you yes. learn to appreciate about your colleagues and like you're gonna become close and yeah it, it's very that type of appreciation is shown both ways yes you know absolutely so now when you see me please don't yes. make fun of me for D-Day <laughs> so we're gonna quickly recommend um, five kind of personality tests or things that you can do together that will be interesting to help you. The first thing that I wanna recommend is called the True Colors Test. You can Google that. And one of our fabulous fine arts uh, associates did that with us as a choral group one day. Um, and it's where you are a blue, gold, orange, or green. And we got in groups and we talked about our personalities based on that. And then we also talked um, in our small groups of like, you know, your feeder pattern or just the people that you work with now that we all have associate directors and talked about our differences. And that was really cool. And then Clint. Yes. So um, the other thing, one of the things that you can do is take the Myers-Briggs test. Mm -hmm. um, Myers-Briggs has been around for a while. Um, Carl Jung, I believe that's how you say his name. I apologize if not. Uh, help it's kind of loosely based off of this theory mm -hmm. that he created. Um, and you can take it and it puts you into two types of categories, mm -hmm. you know, and that's also iffy. Like some people don't like the Myers-Briggs test because 
it might say Jody's an extrovert mm-hmm. and Clint's an introvert and there is like no in between. Yeah, and some people are like, no, I'm an ambivert. I'm actually more like actually I'm an extrovert, but I'm really leaning way more towards the middle mm. than it kind of right. puts you at the extremes. Right. But there are some advantages to it. So you should definitely look up that Myers Briggs. Yeah, see what each of you are. And take that person, like companies use Myers Briggs. Oh, all the time. So you should think about doing that test. Um, The Enneagram, that was one I was really skeptical about because I was like, if you're not like a woke 24 year old, then you don't really care about the Enneagram. And Monica made me take it and she told me I broke it. I was like a. You're, like, supposed to be a one through nine, and you're supposed to be, like, one of them, and then kind of the other two around them. And I was, like, a two, eight, one. Or so. She was, like, you literally broke the ancient Enneagram <laughs> system. But I want to give a shout-out to Morgan Lyons, who's an awesome teacher on my campus. She did a four-part PD with our staff this year, and that's just how awesome my principal is because she literally let... Morgan go, hey, I'm working on an, like a business on Enneagram and going beyond the number and using it as in your profession. Can I test this out on our teaching staff? And Ms. Eckert was like, sure. And it was awesome. And I am a hardcore one, if that means anything to y'all. Clint for sure is too. Um, he just doesn't know about it, but he is because it's the control freak one. And your greatest fear is like, being wrong, doing something wrong, oh, being yeah. accused of doing something. Like, you're 100% a one also. But she has started a new business, growingbeyondthebooks.com or Growing Beyond the Books on Facebook. And you can look into Enneagram, and that really helped me and Monica go, oh, you're being such a two right now, or you're being such a one. But it helped us kind of understand where each other were coming from. Um, then the Strengths Finder is my ultimate favorite. Get the book. You need to buy it new, not used, because there's a unique code. So it's like $25 called Teach With Your Strengths, and it will give you a unique code where you can take this like million part thing and find out your top strengths. And some districts use it where you like you put it on your email signature, like Birdville ISD does that, oh, wow. and you put it outside your door, and everyone knows what everyone else's top five strengths are. It's fascinating. That's and then finally, one that Clint loves. I love the love languages. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important um, to know what people's love languages are because if Joni really likes to receive love in ways of acts of service, like somebody doing something mm-hmm. for her. And Monica constantly only just gives her gifts. Mm-hmm. It's not going to mean as much as if she were to like take a piece of paper and go get it signed. So that's one yeah, less thing I that she has to done. do. Yeah. Like I got this checked off the list. So it's really important to find out like what you thrive in, mm-hmm. how you like to receive and how you like to give. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, just like in our relationships we talked about earlier, the way that I give love isn't always going to be appreciated as much because it's not George's love language right. or for you, Wes, right. you know, like, so finding out about words of affirmation or quality time, mm-hmm. receiving gifts or acts of service or physical touch, probably not physical touch. In, that would be weird. <laughs> and uh, a lot of hugging. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> unless you're like married to, you know, there are married, there are married people. Like, yeah. You but, never know. You know, workplace, mm-hmm. like, you know, but we discourage that. D- just find out the yeah. ways that people like to be appreciated. And that's as simple as asking. You don't have to, like, Google anything, right? You can just no. ask. Yeah, you yeah. can just ask. Like, I have my voice teachers fill out a get-to-know-you, mm-hmm. and I ask about these things because right. I want to know yeah. what we what we can do for them. And 
what you can do for your associate and your colleagues. Yeah. And for those of you out there that maybe are not a uh, head director because you're alone, you're mm-hmm. a singleton, a sole director. you know, mm-hmm. like this can still be great for if you have to work on a musical with a theater teacher yes. or you're just working with electives, a ma- whoever, yeah. Or whoever's in your hallway. Like I worked at a school where this, we were on the science hallway. So we had to like, that was who we saw all day long, you know, science teachers. So definitely find ways that you can connect with your people, but also divide the job as equally as you can to make it seem fair and relevant to making y'all's relationship work as a team. And that is the best advice I think we can give you. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for joining us. And please check us out at thechoirchronicles.com and on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you that way and hear what you thought about this episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Choir Chronicles. If you are interested in booking Clint or Jody for professional development, a one-on-one coaching session, or to clinic your choir, please email us at thechoirchronicles at gmail.com. Also, did you know I have a Teachers Pay Teacher store called The Choir Queen with over 100 lesson plans and resources just for middle school choir? You can head to my website, www.thechoirqueen.com, to access more information. And as always, if you'd like to hear about a specific topic or ask us any questions, please reach out to us via Gmail, Instagram, or Facebook. Tune in next week for more tips and tricks.